Who were you before you lost your wild self? That's what we're helping you explore on the Tend Her Wild podcast. Through questions and tools around how best to listen to your inner voice, rewild ourselves, and live the most authentic life where we thrive instead of survive. I'm Betsy. And I'm Kate. And we're so glad you've joined us for this episode. Welcome to Tend Her Wild. We are so excited to have Leslie Nolte in the studio with us today. Leslie is a dear friend and always um, an inspiration. She always invigorates me and gives me this new burst of energy when I have the opportunity to sit and talk with her. So Kate and I are excited to have her. Welcome, Leslie. Welcome. We want to give a little bio so our listeners know this amazing woman. Leslie is a celebrated and seasoned visionary, and she truly is in the realm of performance arts and arts education. Through many avenues, she's enriched the arts community in which she lives. We are so proud to have her as um, a pillar in our Iowa City community. Most notably, Leslie's the founder of the James Theater. Uh, dynamic and accessible performance event space where we actually did our first yes, live, live tent her event. She's a producer and artistic director of many productions and ventures from the Nutcracker, which happens every year to Newsies. Uh, she's an award-winning choreographer with numerous professional accolades. She is a business woman, an investor in theater theatrical productions, including the Tony-winning Broadway musical, The Share Show, which I went to her with her to, in New York, which was amazing. And uh, she's a business leader and a teacher by trade and heart. Under her direction, she founded Nolte Academy, which is um, a performance arts program with 25 instructors, a thousand students. It's in its 23rd year. And uh, later in this podcast, we're going to talk about her most recent venture, which I'm also excited to hear about. I could go on and on and on and Can on about just... this woman. She's taking off her jacket. She's like, <laughs> getting hot in here. I'm getting hot. <laughs> Can we so, just say how welcome. impressive that is? Yeah. I mean, sometimes this community allows a lot no. um, to happen as well. Yes, but that is that is quite a success. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And Leslie is a redhead, so um, yeah. But but I always think this I is choose part. To be a redhead this now. is part of her fire, right? Yeah. She's got this amazing fire, and just I would say passion. You're like one of the most passionate people I know about your work life and bringing arts to uh, young people. And it's like I said, every time I'm with you, I leave and I'm like, I'm so inspired. I want to become a better person because of Leslie Nolte. So thank you for being an inspiration. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, It's, it's been a journey. I guess I'll start there. (laughs) Well, let's start where your journey started because we always love to talk to our guests about their first 10 years. So many foundational things happen during that time that show up later or um, pave the way mm-hmm. for success later. So tell us a little bit about how you grew up. What were your first 10 years like? Yeah, so I'm the baby of the family, um, two older siblings that are nine and 11 years older. So I had mostly four parents, mm. um, but also I grew up an only child. I mean, my siblings moved out. I was living on my own in my house starting like second grade when they moved on to college. So then, so I have this weird little juxtaposition of being 
parented by four mm. and also the baby of the child. And I came a lot later in my parents' life. So I also have that you're on your own. I mean, truly latchkey kid as a walking home from Fairview Elementary in first grade. Tell that story about, <laughs> I love that story. Okay. Oh my God, which one? And you sh- one about in where Chicago. You went. You're from Chicago. Yeah, in you Chicago. Grew up in Chicago. When you'd get in your house. Okay, so um, I have been a creative brain from the get-go. I mean, the imagination that I grew up with in my own head um, has served me very well, but it could also be super scary. <laughs> so I'm home alone my whole life. I mean, I really was home alone, what felt like my whole life. And they were, my parents both, um, were leaders in their company or owned their companies. And, uh, I learned from a very, the very early on that two members of the household would work and the children should be independent. I mean, that's just the way, the way it was for me. And so I'd have my key in my shoe, um, because inside your shoe, like inside my shoe, literally like, like, like it hurts because you're walking on the, yeah, well, I'd put it under my sock, but like, I wouldn't put it in like on my bare foot, but, um, and then because you didn't want anyone to find it, of course. Yeah. Well, under the flower pots in every movie, and so again, my <laughs> imagination is like, what if someone's in here first? But uh, in our kitchen, we still had a phone against the wall. Is this is this yeah, where I'm going? We still had the phone against the wall, and between I was a tiny little human my whole life, and between you the refrigerator and the counter, there was what I would guess to be eight to ten inches that I discovered as a young person, no door or window could see me from. Mm. And so I would like grab my snacks and I would have my homework and I would wiggle myself sideways between the fridge would be against my back after I've made my micro magic French fries. Yeah. And the counter (laughs) would be in front of me and I would get in there and that was like my safe space. There was nobody in Mount Prospect, Illinois, that in that moment could find me. And this wasn't necessarily every day. It was many days. But all I thought of was, I'm this little tiny person, and I'm first grade, and then I'm second grade, and I'm third grade. This went on for years. I mean, eventually we got old enough, and I just convinced all friends to come home with me, because then I wouldn't be alone. Right? But um, I can just remember my imagination going crazy Mm. about what I would do or how I would respond in case anyone realized I was home alone. I mean, become an adult, now you realize no one's thinking about me being home alone, right? right? Every neighbor and right. community member in town, like there was not someone waiting in the bushes. It's like, right. you know. Um, Those little brains, oh right? But yeah. it was like, and because I was home alone so often, there was nobody to slow down my creative brain. You know, some would say, oh, I'm so sorry your parents weren't around enough. And I'm like, I was actually pretty cool with that because I had no one saying, oh, don't be silly. I had no one saying, mm, right. Imagination could run yes. wild, oh even God, though it, it went to hard wild. places. Yes. It, it allowed you to become the creative genius in many ways that you are no today. No one was putting up rules for no. you. You were able to. Right. And I was, free. you know, my parents were super supportive in every other way besides being present um, hours in the day. I mean, you know, obviously I don't want to start financially, but financially they allowed me to do everything I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, 
which allowed me to, I mean, I had a little dance studio in my basement and then I convinced people to come to it. And An entrepreneur starting at right, age they, nine. Right, I mean, they ultimately, um, they did not pay me, but they would bring like juice boxes and oh, Snickers sure. and things like this, snacks. right? Yeah. It, was, it was pretty great. Um, and then my dad taught me from a very young age to work for myself. Mm. And that was just his thing. And he would, you know, when we were in the car, he would say things like, I've never seen a ballet with musicals that an audience wanted to come to four times. That's going to be your, that's going to be your book, Les, you know, mm. when, when can you, you know, people love river dance and people love the nutcracker, but all the other shows in between people don't want to see twice. That's going to be you, Les, mm. you know? So my dad understood the creativity. Um, and he's been like my lifelong rock, uh, to this day because he didn't, my mom would sometimes say, Oh, Les, um, Mark does it so well. Oh, Les. That's your <laughs> so, husband. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like, oh, that brain, Les. Oh, Les. You know? <laughs> and so she was a little bit of the deflator in the family. Mm -hmm. um, just because I don't think she really had imagination or big dreams. Mm. Um, in hindsight, I don't think she had. Yeah. I don't think she had a yeah. whole lot of joy, big dreams, happiness or otherwise. Yeah. And my dad was like always cooking up a he scheme, felt it but not in a in schemey way. Right. But he was just always thinking about the next. He was a visionary. Yeah. Yeah. Just as you And are. he still is. I'll get random notes from him that are crazy. But also 24 hours later, I'm like, oh, he might have something there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, I don't look back on my childhood and say. Like my parents didn't even come to every dance recital, which is so funny for me to think about now because I would say 100% of my Nolte Academy families, families, let's say 98% because I can't guarantee, wouldn't think to miss the annual recital, let alone 15 shows a year. And my dad would ask me in the morning, he'd be like, how important is this one? <laughs> you need me to be there? And as a high school kid, I was like, actually, no, I'm good. And so it was almost like I had to create... I had to create my own world from early on. Yeah. Um, but with a really good support system. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to ignore it. the support and you system. Did it. Yeah. How but old that, were you when you started dance? Uh, my sister, my big sister was dancing. And so my mom threw me in at like three years old, you know, to just sort of get rid of both of us at the same time. Yeah. And then after high school, my sister stopped and I didn't. Did you love it right away? You know, I've no, I'm one of those people that don't really remember. I don't have the greatest memory. Like I cannot close my eyes and find myself at six or seven years old. Okay. Mm. I don't know why. But you can or choreography a, or choreograph yeah. a dance in your head. Like I've oh, been with you yes. before uh, listening to music and you're like, I can see the dance moves right now. And I'm like, right. what? <laughs> like I can get lost in my head, but when I close my eyes, I can't like see second grade. Yeah. But I never stopped. And then, um, Prospect High School was like a 10 block walk to Randhurst Mall in Mount Prospect, Illinois. And there was a McDonald's on the way. And I'd wake up in the morning and, you know, I don't eat fast food now, but oh, I did. But um, there, I'd wake up in the morning. My parents would be gone. There'd be a $10 bill on the table and I would leave high school um, and I'd walk to my dance studio, grabbing food some which way on the way um, every day, no matter the weather. And so I chose it, I don't remember loving it. I remember being addicted to it. Mm. Like, obviously I loved it, but I remember thinking it's Monday. I have to go. 
It's mm. Tuesday. I have to go. You were mm. just committed. It's Wednesday. I have to go. Yeah. Um, and, and was then it kind of like a little family too? Like you had oh, the same absolutely. teachers in the same cohort community. and it kind of became your community and your family. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was a way to not go home alone. Yeah. Right. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. It's a, it was a way to not go home alone. And, um, okay. and then I started having so many successes that I think like anything else, you get a job or a scholarship as a 13 year old. And then it just opens up. It just opens up like, Oh, I have to keep doing this. I'm so good at it. And then like everything else, it, it kind of takes on a life of its own. It absolutely takes on a life <laughs> of its own and doors are open for you and you just be ridiculous not to keep going through them. And then all of a sudden you stop and you're like, I think I would choose this door if I was given an option, but the tidal waves behind me. So go, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, wow, that's such an interesting, cause you're whole, I, We've known each other a long time. Meg was two when she started dancing with you. Mm. She's now 22. So 20 years we've known mm. each other. And you, it does feel like there's a tidal wave behind you still. Mm. It's like, what is Leslie? Like you, there's always the next thing, which is the entrepreneur in you. But the but creative the brain creative too. Brain and, and also your early experiences. I mean, that's how it feels. I don't remember making too many choices. Mm, yeah, life I mean, just kind of happened and you were in the flow, but you've been flow. in the flow of it and it just keeps flowing for you. Maybe because you are so aligned with your, what I would call your dharma or your purpose, or maybe one of the main reasons you're here on this earth. I'm, only, a big now, sigh. I know. Like, I'm, I'm oh. only now starting to really accept that. Mm. There were so many years in my early professional career, especially in the, in the size of town we live in, that I stopped and said, now I can't fight the tidal wave, even if I want to. Like in that day, week, month, or year, in that first, I mean, I'm not going to say only in the first year or first 10 years of Nolte, but. Your dance point, academy. Yeah, yeah the, the performing arts school. I don't, I'm, there have been many times in my life that I can look back and say, I, know, I, I couldn't unchoose it. I couldn't unchoose it, mm -hmm. um, which I think is one reason why I feel so good about some of these new projects because I'm actually choosing them. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're getting more, you have more discernment now. Yeah. Wow. And when we first moved here and I was, you know, 21 and pregnant, I opened a business because I, nothing was here to fill my cup. Hmm. Um, and then you start making promises to people. You make promises in payroll, you make promises to family, you make promises to people's livelihoods. Um, and artisticness. And so that's when I think the, you're right. The tidal wave takes over. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm, yeah. Can we go back a minute? Yep. Because our, um, Kate and I know this, but our listeners don't that. So you, you did dance all growing up and I just want to pause and say, I think it's really beautiful as we talk to people about their first 10 years, how it does inform, like clearly the setup you had as a child created the creative brain, the vision, the dance, like it, it was a tidal wave even starting then, right? It just is so clear. But then you went to college, you were a dance major, and then you had dreams of becoming a professional dancer. Absolutely. I knew, I knew I had something special. Like that is something I can say out loud more now in my mid forties yeah. than I would have admitted most of my life. 
Like I was really talented. Yeah. Um, and everyone told me so. And everyone was, you know, it's like we've talked about when you're good at something, people pull you in so many directions. And unfortunately, I had one ACL tear, then a second ACL tear. And then um, I was going to rhyme and say a, a pregnancy scare. <laughs> but it turned out to be such a wonderful pregnancy blessing. It is what completely sort of derailed my life and brought me into sort of a, a second generation of of what I was, I guess, meant to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so professional contracts had to be torn up. Nobody wanted, um, pregnant ballerina. Nobody wanted a the pregnant torn ACL. Yeah. Two torn ACLs. <laughs> and, and then I made it back from those two torn ACLs and I was getting so many job offers. And then, you know, I chose, I mean, ultimately I chose Mark baby, Iowa city, yeah. um, at 21 years old. So so you landed back here because you went to college uh, yes. here. And wh- and I love that you already referenced it, but you got here and you're like, wait, I, I, you're still a dancer at heart. And where is it? There's, I mean, there was not something for me. There wasn't a regional company. There wasn't, um, you know, I, I ended up getting my theater degree and then I went back to like master's in business. And I was just like wandering around the University of Iowa, like trying to find something to fill my cup. And then it was again, probably not a very specific or chosen realization in my head, but thinking back, all I can say is what I wanted didn't exist. And so I built it. Yeah. And you absolutely did. That's. So you started this business, Nolte Dance Academy and tell us about the early days. And then like in a reader's digest version where we are, Right. 20 years later. Yeah. Right. Like I mean, me and I know me in a single little bay, um, teaching 30 classes a week. Um, you know, for the listeners, the first 10 years of business, I also had five children. So for about 11 years, I was pregnant, birthing yeah. or nursing. That was, that was the number <laughs> five. Just for those of you that are rewinding. Week. Five. Um, and, um, I, speaking of not having many memories, we laugh because I, that first 10 years of business, it was such a train. Like it was me. And then all of a sudden I had more students than I could teach. So I like haphazardly hired two more and thank goodness they turned out to be gems. Um, because I was young and I didn't even know how to hire at that point. I couldn't even have told you what I was hiring for. Right? Like it was easy to say, okay, I need someone that can teach ballet, but there's more to hiring than that, you know? Um, And then we had two bays and then three bays and then four bays. And then fast forward another 10 years and we bought property on the strip where we started a performing arts preschool. Year 15 is when um, I put myself on payroll. So Mm. anybody. So pause. You didn't pay yourself for the first 15 years. Correct. I let the studio pay my cell phone. You know, like, oh, how generous of you. This is the story. I think this is the honest story of entrepreneurs because it was my story with my business as well. You you don't pay yourself. You're putting your money back into the business and growing it. And um, this is the story, right? It was. You have a couple of write-offs, a cell phone, you know, and some paper towels here and there. (laughs) I stole some toilet paper. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But I remember another thing that my dad would say when, you know, it depends on what you think success is, of course. And my definition of success has changed a lot. But to teach 48 classes a week and to answer all of the correspondence and emails surrounding 
what that type of business brings you. And then to see your checking account be what it was, Mm. was, um, in my perspective, huge fail. Like the whole outside world, this entire community thought I had it made. They thought every kindergartner in this town knows and loves you. Um, You are my idol creatively, right? But when you got inside your home at the end of the night, there were five kids, a totally neglected husband, and a bank account that wasn't working. Mm. Um, And my dad would say, couple more years, Les, your name on the building is all you get for now. And he was like, I was like, okay. And then you'd get in the classroom where you'd get into a rehearsal space and all of that whole world would disappear. I mean, neglected husband would disappear for hours on end, children, the fact that I had them. Right. And so, you know, something you helped me learn along the way when I started studying with you, Betsy, was sometimes the Dharma even if you have five kids says being a mother, isn't that. And mm-hmm. so, but how in the first 10 years of business, when you are actively raising all children under the age of 10, yeah, are you supposed to not think that being a mother should be number one, the most hours in your day? Yeah. You know, well, that's what we're, that's what we're trained to, to believe. Right. And so, and, um, Mark, so graciously and you know I don't as women I don't think we should talk about it like oh thank you husband for taking care of the kids at night because right. they're just as much his right exactly yeah. um and my never, mom used to said you used to say and and he's going to babysit the kids tonight and I'm like oh, no he's going to parent, parent the kids tonight <laughs> right? I my mother on that yeah. too yeah. and somehow I just lucked out with lucked out you know the universe sent me a man <laughs> to mm. um that supported in a way that I don't know, just like he wanted to parent the kids so much that to him, it was a blessing that he got all of the nights with him. I guess that's what I'll yeah. say. Yeah. And so the arrangement worked out beautifully. The like arrangement he really wanted to be there. You're in this Dharma, this tidal wave of life sort of taking you. And I do think like, a um, Dharma is like life purpose, life, uh, why you're here on this earth. And you, one of the marks of it is that you lose track of time. Like you're, you're in just flow. in your element, you're in the flow, it's all coming. And I, every time, like you say, you're in that teaching space, you're in that creative space, you, boom, you're fully there. It's mm-hmm. like taking over. Um, and I think that is the mark of the life purpose, you know? And there's the cost to that. And we've right. talked about that. The three of us have talked and about that. And can we talk about that? Because I think yeah. so many listeners, in fact, we just got a beautiful email from a listener recently talking about, you know, balancing work life and family life and perfectionism. And these are hard choices, Kate. And I've had these hard choices. I know you've had it of like, how do I balance this idea of what I think a mother should look like with having a career that has meaning to me? And you gave a recent, like, talk on this. And I would love our listeners to kind of hear your thought process on this. Yes. I think plainly it comes down to if you are seeing someone and I will use myself as the example, truly excelling in some part of their life, they are absolutely neglecting or failing a different part of their life life. Mm. And if I compartmentalize my life into five different things, um, now being a professional or an entrepreneur, I completely separate from being a creative So just speaking of those two things quickly, if I am meeting with investors and working on my cap table and getting my term sheets ready for the next business, I'm actually incapable of 
20 minutes later going in and choreographing. Left brain versus right brain. Like I'm literally incapable. It has to be separated by a nap or a drive or a walk or now that I'm, I'm starting to, now that I'm older and wiser, I'm starting to completely separate the days, right? Yeah. I do not teach on Monday. So these are the days that I have capacity to do such a thing. And then when you speak about, you know, parenting versus working, you know, that's sort of the bucket I put it in. Um, our, our system has taught us you are either a working mother or a stay-at-home mother. And it's almost like black and white. And obviously we all know there's a hundred shades of gray in between, yeah. right? Mm. Um, what really helped is that my kids thought what I was doing is so cool. They got to be a part of the shows in the audience. They saw their schoolmates and their friends like what I'm doing. And they sort of, I don't want to say my kids ever put me on a pedestal, but they they thought what I was doing at Iowa City was important for mm. our community. And maybe I got a little forgiveness. Maybe I got a little forgiveness there yeah. along the way. Um, they're crazy independent. I don't think anyone hid behind the refrigerator. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they're super independent. And now that I have three adult children, they're the ones sending messages back to me saying, I love what you're doing. Mm. You know, so... Yeah, what did your son recently tell you something about he Mom. oh god don't make me cry he said that's um, what i do on this podcast yeah. i know part of my role leslie um he was working um at where i gave this where i gave that talk um for a retreat and i what i was saying was you have to constantly sort of like push down the mom guilt like i don't think i can I don't think I will ever totally let go of the fact that I was at one out of 10 swim meets a year, right? I like, I don't know how to totally let that go, but I was saying this story about Devin being my oldest and he came along with to two kids. Um, and, uh, he just sent me a text after that, that said, never has a day gone by where I have not felt proud to be your son. Oh, mm -hmm. wow. <laughs> yeah. And so, that yeah. forgives some of my mom guilt. Like, oh my gosh, he's an adult. He's doing things on his own. And he's looking back at his life saying my mom didn't mess me up. Yeah. And that's, and that's like, oh, that is such a gift yes. to me. Yeah. Um, I heard this thing recently about, you know, we always talk about balance. Like, mm -hmm. oh, Work-life balance, job, parenting balance. And someone said, we should just stop using that word. It is not, balance indicates that you are holding on so tight so you don't fall over. Instead, we should be talking about harmony. Mm. Are you in harmony with work and home and parenting mm -hmm. and job? Because harmony suggests it. you had harmony. Mark enjoyed the parenting piece. He supported your dreams. The kids supported your dreams. That's harmonious. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it wasn't every day all the time. For any of us, it's not. But there's. I, I really love that, that we've yeah. got to give ourselves some grace, that it's not about finding the perfect balance. It's yeah. just I agree because look at it like a teeter-totter. Right. There is no day that I will give 50% to something that needs me and an equal 50% to something else that needs me. There's no day yeah. like that. I mean, we joke about May being like, where's mom? Where's mom May? <laughs> this is May of where's mom. It's recital season. Yeah. Like, where's mom May? We don't know, right? And then at the end of, you know, it's, it's cyclical, like so many things. Um, and I think so many women have... The idea of what it should look like, I think I had less of an idea of what it should look like because my mom worked out of the house full time. 
And so I knew going into any partner or future of mine that I wasn't going to be in the house. Like I just knew that I didn't want that. That was the example set. That was my example for me. And then even on my like maternity leaves, I'd get to week two and be like, okay, <laughs> I got some creative ideas going through my brain. Why would you teach just one class, just one class today? And you know, people around me be like, you are two weeks postpartum. And I'm like, just one, <laughs> just one class. I'll be right back. <laughs> and that's when I realized that like, there was a, there was a, there was something driving me yeah. that was much stronger it's that wave than, yeah. than parenting. And that's not to say I didn't love my children wholly. It's just that as a mom, if I was a male surgeon, Nobody would question the yeah. amount of minutes I was spending with my children each day. Yep. You know, so true. or a male CEO. Now that I'm a CEO, I should say, you know, and, and so I started thinking like, I prefer this. Yeah. I actually prefer teaching or creating a dance than making Valentine's treats for five kids to go into their schools. I'm going to be the mom who right now doesn't do Valentine's. And I'm gonna, now I'm going to be the mom that doesn't send birthday treats unless you can pick it up at Fairway on the way. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to be the mom that doesn't care if socks match. We do not match socks in our house. If my kids want matching socks, they can do it on their own. Like, I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> and I'm sure that, like, there are some mothers out there that are like, I can't believe you send your kids to school without matching socks. I mean, it might be day-old underwear. I don't care. Yeah. But I want to just pause because I'm so freaking happy that we're having this conversation because I feel like it's a conversation that isn't had. And because you threw out the term mom guilt and every one of us sitting around this table has had mom guilt, but there's no equal term of dad guilt, right? So we are having this extra pressure of following our dharma, like following the energy. You are in your prime. You are energized when you are creating. And you have had an impact on literally thousands of young people in this community, right? And so you following that and living that is such a gift to your children because they have seen a mother who is in her glory, who's in her prime, who's doing her creative work in the world. And they are given permission to follow that same thing in their life. But because of our systems here, like all of us women who are choosing to follow something in us, then have guilt that we're not creating homemade Valentines or that we're not, um, doing what we think we should. And I just, I love we're having this conversation because I know there's a thousand other women out there who feel this too and us naming it right now and saying, it's okay. There are many ways to parent healthy children. And there Mm -hmm. are gifts to that. Yes. There are gifts of teaching resilience and And independence and, 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 and following your own passion and figuring out what that is for you and seeing, you know, your mom, create things and be so driven. Um, I mean, you've raised, I mean, I know your two older kids are extremely independent and also entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it is, it is, it is, it's the different, it's just different lessons. Yeah. But it's important to just acknowledge that there's nothing wrong with any of it. Yes. And we have to stop judging each other for it. it. I mean, she's the ultimate wild woman. I mean, she is what this podcast is about is that they're, we've been conditioned into a box and like early on, Leslie, you're like, what box? Yeah. Right. Right? (laughs) Right. I'm going to make my own box. I'm going to make my own box over here and I'm doing it. And, and you're so inspiring, I think to so many, but I know it hasn't, it's come with cost for you as well. Well, yeah. I mean, early on, and I've said this, this is no secret to Mark, but there was an early on, um, 
like pretty, pretty deep, long, long-term fight. Now we just celebrated 23 years. And, um, I think because of my drive and his independency, I do find us to be a perfect match still up until this point. Yeah. You know, and I, and I'm not like saying the future is going to be different, but like, I always, I, I don't want to put too much ownership on things that are not wholly my responsibility. Right. Like, like he has to keep buying in every day too. But early on in the hard, what I would call the hard times, and there was a time where the IRS showed up at our door and took all of our accounts down to zero because I made a mistake in sales tax. Oh, they yeah, took yeah. all of our accounts down to one penny, including like our penny savers accounts for our three kids that were born at the time. And there were some hard times. I remember at one point, Mark looked at me and said, me and the family or the studio. Mm. And I was quiet. It was that black and white. It, I was quiet and it was, I mean, it really was sort of an emotional phase of our, of our marriage. And I just said, I don't think you want me to answer that. Mm. I didn't even say in that moment, him and the kids, mm. I didn't even say it in hindsight. I'm like, holy crap. I didn't even say it. And he was like, he sort of nodded his head and we've talked about it a couple times since, but instead of the either or what that lesson taught me is how to, tr how to find that harmony. Yeah. Like yeah. I cannot neglect my husband for seven weeks at a time, no matter what project I want to build. That is unfair. Yeah. I cannot neglect my children, but I also, in that moment, I was not, I was not going to let my creative genius, your, your pick fire. one or the other. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. you know, I remember saying something like, but I've been a dancer twice as long as I've known you. Like, this How is can you? Who I am. Right. Like who I am. Yeah. You can't take that from me. You can't do that to me. And you know, and when you're young, it's always like, do that to me. Well, he said that in that moment, not because he was doing something to me, but he was missing something. He was yeah. missing his wife. He was missing support conversations, you know? And I can't even tell you exactly what year of mar marriage that was. I guess we made it through, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't in the last decade. Um, yeah. But that's when I knew that, like I have to, I can't be what everybody thinks a mother or a wife should be mm. because when given a plain opportunity to ask and to choose, I didn't answer mm. and not answering was exactly the answer. The answer. <laughs> <laughs> it was an answer. Mm -hmm. um, and so mm. I don't know, but, but your answer was, I shouldn't have to choose. Right. I can't choose. I can't, can't, yeah. I, I can't choose. Yeah. yeah. And so that was, you know, but chills for me about this idea about, again, there's a specific way we believe a wife and mother should look. And you have had the courage, Leslie and Olti, to say, I have to do it different. It's almost like you said earlier, I don't have a choice. There's a tidal wave and there's a wave of creative juice that's constantly flowing through me. And I have to bring it out to the world and I have to reach people with this. And so don't make me go into these boxes of wife and mother. And again, I'm so honored that we can talk about this right now because I think we're planting seeds for other women that you get to figure out how your life looks. And it might not look like Ward and June Cleaver. And it might look not look like the way your mom and dad did it. And it might not look like the way your neighbors do it or your best friend does it. And it's okay. Figure it out. Right. Find your own harmony. Find your, find your space and how you, yeah, you want it to look. Well, when then you have to, you know, I've built really independent children 
that now live far away. Um, and so then you have to remember that like sort of choice and ownership and tidal wave when like, obviously I moved away from my family, but one thing I'm, I'm pre worrying about is the like, right, like, <laughs> free worrying would be another word that we will do an entire podcast on <laughs> like i'm worried that i might worry right yeah um about all of my grandkids living all over the country and the way i shaped oh, I their life too. i have that too. right the way i shaped their life i made them independent and i'm a working mother and that means their job brings them to boston and now all of a sudden whereas you know i think we can all admit that when you choose one thing over another you can see jealousy can can pop up from other things um and so when you see other families like always having a sunday night dinner or you know like mm -hmm. you have to you 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 have to remember that well i should say i have to remember that i can't just now become something else and pretend the last 20 years with or to my children or my life didn't happen mm. like i think if i showed up if everyone came home for christmas and I was all of a sudden cutting sugar cookies. They would think <laughs> they think mom's off a rocker. They would think I was so crazy. They would think I was it's totally mom crazy. Right They'd be like, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? And they probably wouldn't even eat the cookies. They would be so curious about why this was happening. They wouldn't even eat the cookies. They'd be like, I don't even know you. What are you doing? And if I like try right now to be like this homebody and you guys have to live close, can everyone please stay in Iowa City so my grandbabies and I can da 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 da, mm -hmm. you know? So that's kind of like, mm. again, I'm not going to worry about it yet. Yeah. But you're just pre-worn. <laughs> I'm just pre-worrying about it. Um, and then at the same time, um, I created my whole life not in the town I grew up in. And why would I ever take that away from my children? Mm. Like, my life has been so great in the community that I didn't specifically choose from the beginning. I mean, I chose it because I chose my husband. Um, but... I don't think I would have anything, you know, I, I sometimes giggle at bios, but I don't think any of that would have happened if I was in Mount Prospect, Illinois. Mm. I don't think any of it would. I think I'd be a teacher at a studio, maybe. I don't know. Mm. I'd like to think I was running Hubbard Street by now or something yeah. like that. But yeah. I don't think any of that would have happened, including the five children. Yeah. Yeah. So this is oh, going to take us in an entire different direction, but you know, I'm like, get into these deeper esoteric questions. Like, do you think we actually have choice? I mean, I think we do have choice, but I also think, I don't know, I'm curious about both of your pers perspectives on this, that like you're talking about this tidal wave and it just took you and you just ended up here. And you you know, like, I think that the, it feels to me like some things are just going to happen to us mm -hmm. and our, our choice is how we respond to it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm curious. I, f I feel like when I close my eyes, I can visually see myself riding a wave or creating a piece or like right now I can see the day they put the sign up on the high school. Like I can visibly see it. And in that visualization, I'm always dropping like to the ground, like holding my face, like the day has come. Mm. And because of that it makes me feel like, I don't know if I have a choice if I'm already seeing when I close my eyes, uh, the future. Yeah. <laughs> right. But on this tidal wave, wave, I also think we have the opportunity and the option to pull people in. Yeah. Right? Like, like grab people. But I will say this new venture of getting investors, um, 
We're going to talk about this because people don't know what you're talking about. Right. But high school. Yeah. This current entrepreneur situation I'm in, um, which I won't even call it entrepreneur because it feels actually less creative. I would call it a CEO finally. And I would never have called myself a CEO in the last 23 years. Um, But you really have. Yeah. But I just. Yeah. But it feels. This feels different because. I hate it. I hate the term. Right. Mm. This one feels more paperworky and I've got a corporate lawyer and I'm working like. This, this particular project feels like I have 100 very specific choices every single day. Mm, mm-hmm. This feels less, it's like a, I'm, I'm taking a piece out of my creative world and saying, okay, Leslie, let's find out if you're capable here. But you're also trying to fit, you have to rely on kind of an old, let's be honest, patriarchal system to make your dream come true. Okay, we have it to was, t- say what the dream is. <laughs> yes. Because okay. I'm like, people don't know what this dream is. We have to tell about this dream. <laughs> so you are creating a performing arts high school in our community, which is phenomenal. I'm, again, every t- I have chills. I'm in awe of what you yes. do. Can you take us through what this big next new chapter, Creative Wave, has brought you to and what it looks like, where it started, and what this vision you have? Because it's so exciting. And so big. And it is so, so big. big. It is so big. And today I do not feel the weight of it. It's different, you know, depending on the day. Yeah. So like 10 years ago, I just thought this community is the best foundation environment, foundational environment for a boarding performing arts high school. Um, it's how I grew up. It's what my 14 year old daughter did. And I kept seeing the best talent leave the state of Iowa. And we talk about the brain drain. Well, I call it the art drain. Um, and if it wasn't for me building 23 years ago, what Iowa didn't have, then I don't know a, if I could have been happy or B, if I would have stayed here. Um, and so we're in a state that really, well, we're in a community. (laughs) We are in a community, Mm -hmm. Iowa city, Iowa, yeah, Mm -hmm, that really supports not only their children, but the arts and the university of Iowa is such a, it's such a huge example of that. Right. So writing in the wall says, something like this can work. And it's a a boarding performing arts high school. It would take the place of traditional school. We've partnered with the Iowa City Community School District. The pandemic gave me so many blessings. Mm -hmm. I, when people talk about, you know, the black hole of the pandemic, I'm like, well, actually, um, I gained two spaces in um, downtown location that unfortunately for those entities um, vacated, but all of a sudden the pandemic opened up some time for me to organize and think, but also actual physical spaces to create a campus. So October one, it will become public knowledge. Well, maybe a little before here, but um, that Icon Arts Academy is opening on the north side of Iowa City and it will welcome its first 150 boarding students next September one. Wow. So September of 2023 is yeah. when it officially will open. Yeah. And let's be clear. One reason that this is happening is because I am unsatisfiable <laughs> when it comes to building things. And as the creative as I, wave just keeps flowing. As soon you. as I build something and it's like all good. It's not to say that I lose interest, but like I have extra fire to go put somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But that's the visionary. <laughs> the yeah, visionary is entrepreneur. always what's next. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That is just in the DNA. It's an eight in you. Yeah. Yes. That's yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so it is um, really scary. It's one of those things when I said you have, you have to move faster than the wave because I've yeah. promised so many things to so many people. Um, 
you know, in the tune of $5 million and otherwise, I mean, right. Like now all of a sudden I can't choose to go on your retreat <laughs> to have right. another baby or yeah. right. Like I can't, I, I can't yeah. right now I'm, I'm, I have committed and have the responsibility to take this 10 year sort of slow smoldering little idea, idea yeah. and fire and say, okay, we're all in. Yep. I said yes. Everyone else said we're jumping. We got you. We're doing it. And so that's that's what comes next, which um which I've wanted for a really long time. And I know that when it's real, I will want it. But there is there is that concern. There is that concern that's like, okay, can this be where we pause? Yeah, I wondered like, about can that. Can this be yeah. where we pause, Leslie? Can this can this be where we pause? I don't think you pause? can know that. Don't pre-worry no, about that. No. <laughs> yeah, let's take that off your pre-worry list. Okay, okay. Yeah. take it off yeah. my list. Yeah, because um, the, there's a flow for you, and you seem to always get in the center of the flow and let it take you, and I think it's all going to yeah. flow where it needs to go. I have this weird vision that, like, I don't know, I'll knit. <laughs> I was wondering if... <laughs> Leslie is never going to like part of you. That's like, I'm going to be in my garden with my floppy hat and I won't, I'll just shuffle around. Making homemade Valentines with my grandchildren. I think, I mean, I think this is what makes me talk. I I mentioned earlier um, in our conversation about those like five things, Mm -hmm. right? You're the entrepreneur versus the creative. You're the family member versus the worker out of the home. Right. And the fifth is like that social piece. Um, And then this just comes back to what you just said, Kate. It's like, I don't know how to be in a group of female friends. I don't know how to be. And sometimes I'll say something and then Mark, like at a dinner and we'll get in the car and Mark's like, Hey, if you're wondering why you don't have 20 friends inviting you to Vegas for a 50th birthday party, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, right. Like, like I don't know unless other people are willing to ride that wave and visionary. And like back in the day, I could never do the Tuesday book clubs. Right. And I could never do the mm. Monday at noon at the children's museum. And so back to the, you can't have it all. Yeah. People probably think in this community, people I know think the, I have it all includes like when someone very timidly says, do you think you would, I don't know. Do you think maybe, I don't know. Do you think you'd have time to have coffee with me? And then my reaction's like, yes, yeah. when tomorrow and I, <laughs> Right. They probably ask me like, you have no time in your whole wide world for little old me. And I don't believe I've behaved in a way to make people think that. But I also have not, I have not solidified time in my schedule ever because of the kids or the neglected husband or the companies or the teaching or the, I want to create a dance instead of showing up at your barbecue. So sorry. Mm -hmm. Because the creative juice is here right now. And I got to Right. with that. And, and you cancel plans six Tuesdays, Tuesdays in a row. You don't get invited to the seventh yeah. Tuesday, right? I saw this bumper sticker that said, um, please keep asking me. I'll probably still say no. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like that's kind of post pandemic. Like we've got to still reach out to each other and mm-hmm. women have to stop kind of assuming things. Mm-hmm. And, um, everybody goes through, I mean, we've learned anything like there's ups and downs and we're in that time in life where time is starting to open up a little more for people Mm -hmm. our age because our kids are becoming more independent. They're leaving home. So it's time to kind of reach back out to people. We talked about this on another podcast, just like, you know, check in with each other and, and 
stop assuming and, and yeah. it's because it's hard. You're right. I feel the same way a little bit with my job. It's like, hey, where did everybody go? <laughs> you know, and and it's hard on the other side of that to to say, should I be reaching back out? And um, so lately, I have been doing more of that. But it's 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 definitely something that is a phenomenon that we as women. We've, we've got to continue to come together in what mm-hmm. small ways, big ways, mm-hmm. hopefully in November, huge ways. Mm-hmm. We, we have to, because I in keep the end, asking you to coffee, Leslie. Yes. No, I know. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's one of those, like, um, like when you think about gardening in my next sort of phase of life, yeah. I think I will have time for friends Yes, mm. and I will stop disappointing them. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. By, by canceling or otherwise. Right. And I would just to jump back a little bit. I got pregnant very young, obviously. And that pregnancy not, didn't make me. That was a choice. Move away from all of my college and my high school friends. And months and months and months went by because they were 21 and living in Chicago and other cool places that nobody checked in with me. Mm. And so, you know, you lose your dance career, you get pregnant, mm. you move to Iowa City. And so I think I shaped I think I do think part of sort of my inability to trust yeah, females. I could see that in the world of social friendships um, mm. comes from that a little bit because if my lifelong friends mm. just sort of pooed me because in hindsight it's like oh of course they're twenty one and twenty two and they're living in Chicago and they get to have parties and I'm learning how to, really about to, you. I'm learning how to put yeah. Vaseline on my nipples. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. Um, we were in such different worlds and then, and, and we came back a little bit when they got pregnant, of course, yeah. right? Like 12 years later, yeah. Leslie's mm-hmm. been yeah. through this. Yeah. <laughs> Let's check with her. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't think there is any way to have balance or to have it all. No. no. Or to have like beautiful have- five containers that are no. perfectly coiffed and manicured and have everything no. looking. No. Great. No, I agree. And I would really encourage if I'm, if I'm going to have one like wish for people to know what Les- what's in Leslie's brain. Um, I mean, that's a little, that's, a, that's pretty heavy, but um, <laughs> it would just be like no assumptions. Mm, like non-judgment, no assumptions. Yeah. No assumptions yeah. that you, yeah. you know, and we live that. in a small community. So the other random thing I think about is, do I have to leave this community to retire? Mm. right do I yeah um because the expectations people have built expectations up around me you know I feel like I could count on two hands who I who I believe truly knows who I am Mm. and six of those people are in my family (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean really in this community because like I'll finally get to an event of my children and someone will tap me on the shoulder and say hey you just leveled my kid in ballet three but do you think Yes, you know, I know. So we've talked about that. We've know. talked about it. So even even in the moments I'm trying to reach into a piece of harmony, like, sorry, you have 88 baseball games a year and I get to seven. But um, yeah. when I'm at those seven. Let me I, be there. Yeah, <laughs> Let no. me yeah. enjoy it. Be present. Right? So so I've yeah. I've I've fortunately created a persona in our community. And I don't mean that in like a celebrity way. I just mean. Leslie has her shit together. Leslie creates everything. Someone said to me a couple weeks ago, 
I heard about the high school and I said, yeah. And then they said, well, everything you touch is gold, so you'll be fine. Mm. I was like, well, that you kind of dumbed that down because I've been working my <laughs> ass yeah, off. Totally. Yeah, totally. Well, there's a lot of projection on someone like you because yeah. you are known and you have contributed so much. And I think what you're speaking about right now is the cost of being a leader and a visionary. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think today a lot and, and of the, woman, what we're talking about is the cost exactly. that you can't have it all that, you know, part of why you are the way you are is the childhood you came out of and what you went through. And, and like all along there, there have been so many successes and so many gifts and so much you've received. And there's been cost and sacrifice as well. It's like, it's all in the same soup, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 As long as the cost doesn't outweigh the, you know, Mm -hmm. revenue, right. Mm -hmm. Then, yeah. Then, Things should still work and we'll stay in the black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you are Ooh, an absolute um, gem. And you thank you for yes. being here. so honest and open today. I know. I feel so, like this is going to help so many it's people. such an important conversation. So we always like to end okay, with thank these you. questions. Okay. okay? <laughs> She's like, okay, thank you. This interview is almost over. So, okay. <laughs> so when you, um, in the famous book, Women Who Run With the Wolves, Clarissa Piccola Estes talks about how there are a few precious doors into the world of the wild woman. So Which she you are for sure absolutely. a wild woman, Miss Leslie. So number one, if you have a deep scar, that is a door. If you have an old, old story, that is a door. If you love the sky and the water so much, you can almost not bear it. That is a door. And if you yearn for a deeper life, a full life, a sane life, that is a door. So, Leslie Nolte, which door do you think you took into your life as a wild woman? Oh, the deeper the deeper life, hundred percent. The deeper, the more sane. The mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're a seeker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a visionary. Yeah, I, she I don't is. feel like there's some deep, dark, hidden scar. I don't feel like I don't. I just feel like I'm so excited and interested in what could be. Yes, that's oh. the vision. That's the visionary in her. It is. Yeah. Well. Thank you so much for being with us. And Thanks for asking me. Yes. We- you are a true gift. Like she just said, a true gem to this community, what you've brought here and what, how much joy you've brought into so many young people's lives. And now this next chapter, what you're going to bring to all of these boarding students and their education and their creative inspiration. And, you know, the, I think of, I talk a lot about ripple effect. I think the ripple effect of you, of how many people you've touched and then those ripples that go out into the world is truly astounding. So we can't wait to we, thank you. like walk beside you and support you. When I'm center stage, I can accept all of the standing ovations in the world. But this is yes. Yes. so loud. You're like, thank She's you. She's sweaty. She's taking off her back. She's like, can I get out of here soon? <laughs> we love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, okay. Before we sign off, we would love for people to know where they can find your work and specifically this performing arts high school, um, because yes. I think there are auditions coming and if there are listeners who have a young person in their life that might benefit from an education like this. Can you absolutely? Give us some so more? obviously we have social media and Facebook for everything. One is Nolte Academy. That's where like you'll find the 23 years of the first half of my professional history. Right. Um, IconArtsAcademy.org is the new, uh, new way to contact us for the high school. We have an eight city audition tour coming this January and February, and then we'll welcome our inaugural class. Um, me, myself and I, I'm, you know, I don't do Twitter. I guess maybe I should, um, but I don't. I but think you have enough on your plate. Yeah, I think I it's know. okay for you to it's not okay. tweet if you don't want to. Um, I'm just, yeah, I, I just want to keep 
I love the ripple effect. If I can, if I can help humans creatively um, or otherwise be the next to help the next person creatively or otherwise, especially when I get some of them for 15 whole years, mm-hmm. um, that'd be a dream come true. So well, you've touched it. so many, you're doing so many it. young lives. So you're doing Congrats it. To all the success. Oh, thanks. All the success. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you for thanks. being here, dearest Leslie. <laughs> This is the end. This is the end. <laughs> and now the amazing singer-songwriter Lissy Morris with Wild West. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Come back and rewild with us again next week. <laughs>